You are listening to Waffle, the bite-sized podcast with Paul Jenkins. First broadcast on Rossendale Radio on the 17th of June 2021. This week, Paul talks to poet Justin Coe, just ahead of Father's Day, about his poetry collection, Dictionary of Dads, dedicated to fathers of all kinds. Dedicated to the Rossendale Valley, this is your very own Rossendale Radio. Hello everybody and welcome to Waffle. It's that time of the day again where we speak to writers, authors, actors, directors and people from all sorts of walks of life. The only thing that they have in common is that they deal with words and my goodness, today's guest very much deals with words because they've written an entire book getting ready for Father's Day and you've still got time, it, as it's Thursday morning, you've still got time to order it in time for Father's Day. Uh, I am really, really impressed and pleased because I've been waiting to speak to him for a long time. Uh, Justin Coe, how are you doing? I'm very well, Paul. Yeah, yeah, very good. I'm, I'm really honoured to, to be on your show. Uh, thanks for having me. Well, look, it's, I, I know you're on the road as well. It's uh, you know because you're, you're not you're not at home, are you? You're you're on the road. You're, you're currently touring. Um, whereabouts are you in the world at the moment? I, I'm in uh, beautiful Bury St Edmunds in in Suffolk, um, and I'm I'm tra- I'm travelling all round Suffolk um, this week and a, and part of next week as well. Um, doing a, a spoken word theatre show called uh, The House That Jackson Built. So uh, I'm visiting lots of schools and um, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Well, I was going to say, we'll, we'll get onto The House That Jackson Built in, in a bit because it's, it sounds like a, a, a fantastic project to be involved with. Um, but you're, not, you're obviously not from that part of the world. Where, whereabouts are you, uh, you home from? We, t- we try and do a kind of geographical picture about yeah, this. Yeah, so I, I was born on the Isle of Sheppey. Right. In Kent. Um, but I, uh, I, we, we moved after about, well, it was about two years old when we moved. So, uh, uh, and then uh, uh, just basically following my dad's job, um, we went to um, uh, near Herne Bay. Oh right. Uh, well, I went and, to uh, I went to university in Canterbury, so uh, oh, okay. Herne Bay and Whitstable and that yeah, part yeah. very very well. Yeah. So my nan, my nan lived in Canterbury, and mm. um, yeah, so I used to go and visit her quite a lot, and. Um, I used to be very frightened of the level crossing there. That's the, the thing I remember the most about just how <laughs> petrified I was crossing the level crossing. And the, but luckily there was a subway. I uh, exactly. Remember. It's very tricky. Yeah. I've got fond memories of doing bingo in Home Bay, so uh, we, we, we may well <laughs> talk about that off yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, now, and then I the ended reason... up, just to finish my, sorry, I, I ended up near, uh, in, near Deal. Oh, right. Um, yeah. So very sort of Kentish, Kentish yes. born and bred. Exactly. Well, that's Kentish bread, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now that we want to talk about the dictionary of dads because uh, I mean uh, I, I refuse to believe uh, that you just wrote this uh, entirely for Father's Day. But where did you kind of come across the idea that um, actually there are so many poems that or different angles that you can take mm. poetry wise to to create something just about dads? Yeah. Well, um, I. I've been up to that point of um, before I got uh, the Dictionary of Dads published, um, I've been visiting schools for a a really long time and um, having a lot of fun. But 
I, I never had, I didn't have a book out. And, uh, uh, and it got to a point where I used to say, oh, I, don't, I don't really worry about getting published. I just, you know, enjoy the performance and enjoy getting my poetry over to the kids. Um, but it, it was getting a bit embarrassing after a while. <laughs> so I was desperately keen, uh, you know, became desperately keen to get a book out. But actually the origin of the Dictionary of Dads really began um, with performance. Um, I was writing a, a spoken word uh, show uh, called Danny's Dictionary of Dads. So that's how it began. And actually, talking of Canterbury, uh, I was working with the Gilbenkian Theatre oh in Canterbury goodness. and with an organisation called Lit Up, which at the time yeah. was uh, organising, um, you know, promoting live literature. Uh, yeah. amongst uh, amongst different regional venues so i i was originally um asked to write a 25 minute piece oh, okay. um that was kind of you know it's a work in progress and this was what it was danny's dictionary of dads and it was about a boy called danny uh, i think he was an older oh, a teenager and he was going to become a dad and he was gonna he was wondering what sort of dad he might be um and so he began to to ask dads you know ask 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 people about how what their dads were like and observe dads and he began to he began danny began to write this dictionary um and then i got a little bit of funding to to try and make the whole show mm. but uh after a while decided the narrative wasn't really working <laughs> <laughs> but the the poems were, were were interesting and the whole dictionary idea um was really flowing so I've I've got to say, as as a book, it's it's very very uh, wide ranging as as a book because you pick it up and you look at it and it's got some cartoon pictures on the front and you think it's going to be a kind of light hearted silly poke at dads uh, when when you first receive it as I did yeah. from my children for Father's Day. Okay, but actually, when you get in there, there's some really poignant poems and there's there's poems in there about people that are not with their dads anymore or, or people that are, are feeling distant from their dads or they're not always happy smiley dads. There's there's a real range in there of, of poems and, I, and is that where it came from from the from the original stage show yeah I, I suppose so but also just from performing in schools and just being mm. and just being a citizen of the world really and yeah. observing that you know not every, I mean my childhood was 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 very you know well, it wasn't two point four children, but it was two children and yeah. a, and a goldfish. You know, <laughs> and, mom, and my mum and dad were there all, all the time, and you know. But I'm, I was just very conscious that that was not the experience of um, of most people, actually, or, or, or a lot of people's experience, a lot of children's experience. Increasingly, is not uh, uh, the experience of a, of a mum and a dad in the same house for the whole of their childhood. So it was. Really Really, and obviously every and even if that's the case every person every dad is just really different and yeah. you know even even you know even if you if you're brothers and you've got the same dad you know to you uh your dad is a different is a different person to your brother because you have a different relationship so yeah um, it's not it's not the hallmark version of father's day at all if you want a collection of hallmark poetry then just go and read the, the poems in the cards you, you you're going to get a much wider range here um now i've, I've asked you if, it, if it's all right to um to share a couple of the poems and we're going to hear one now if that's all right um do you want to tell us about daddy disaster <laughs> well you're talking to him 
basically. Oh, right. yeah. It's okay. Yeah. That's it. End of conversation. We're done. <laughs> yeah. I think you know people ask, oh, which which is the, the the dad that's most you? Well, there might be you know I might be in all of them a little bit, but um, uh, probably Daddy Disaster kind of sums me up a little bit. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a dedicated dad, but uh, a bit of a liability around the house, I'm afraid. This is sounding all too familiar. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's so, have a listen. Yeah, okay, it's just, um, here we go. Daddy disaster. I try not to muck it up. <laughs> he lives in a house that's all lopsided, where the chores aren't done and the drawers aren't tidied. His car is wrecked and his driving's reckless. His favourite outfit is his breakfast. How did he get to become a father? Ladies and gentlemen, it's Daddy Disaster. The hand he lends is crammed with thumbs. One job's to do's too much at once. Who broke the bath? Do you have to ask? Can he fix it? No, he can't. If you want to make a mess, then meet the master. Welcome to the world of Daddy Disaster. Who cut himself on a pencil sharpener? Coloured his face in fluorescent marker? Set his hair on fire with a harmless sparkler? Sat his bottom down on a wet banana? Yes, you must have guessed the answer. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Daddy Disaster. You've met my dad, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, he's a lovely man, and happy Father's Day to my dad for Sunday. Um, yeah. But immediately that poem takes me back to him putting a nail through a floorboard straight through the hot water pipe, and then putting <laughs> his eight-year-old son in charge of putting his hand over said water pipe to stop it leaking all over the house. Yeah. Um, I, I, do, I mean, is it, is it, I mean, I don't want you to rat on your own uh, family situation, but is, uh, are some of those things that happened, or is it all just imagination stuff? Um I, well, I think you know I had to f- find things that rhymed. So the yeah. the thing about writing in rhyme is not it doesn't always mean that you're going to end up with something that's the literal truth. Um, but I I did uh, I did step on a trifle the other day in the supermarket. That was that was quite impressive. Well, there you go, brand new verses needed. Exploded. <laughs> cream all over my boots and my legs and everywhere it's just yeah there you go it's volume two it's just writing itself isn't it yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) um it's uh uh, it's fantastic and it's kind of that's that really gives everyone a kind of taste of the kind of light-hearted side of the book Mm. um we've we've got to take a music break now we're coming up so we we let our guests choose the playlist um and uh you've uh, you've started off do you want to tell us about your suzanne vega choice uh first of all okay um yeah, I just really like Suzanne Vega. I just think she's just a really um, very cool lyricist, really, really tight lyricist. And um, I thought I'd just choose, I found it really difficult to choose uh, my, a selection of songs that I, I like for the show. But I thought I'd just choose songs that reflect parenthood. So I know that this is a, a song that she wrote about her daughter when she was two years old. Um I believe she's written an update recently, which I haven't actually heard. But um, anyway, this one is called um, The World Before Columbus. And um, yeah, I just um, I I, I just love the fact that, you know, the idea that um, your life um, after parenthood is just very different, I guess. It's about transformation. Yeah. (laughs) This is The World Before Columbus, Suzanne Vega. Thank you. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rossendale Radio. And follow us on Twitter at Rossendale Radio. Proud to be your local radio station. 104.7 Rossendale Radio, Lancashire. 
Okay, welcome back to Waffle uh, with Paul Jenkins here on 104.7 Russendale Radio. Uh, my guest today is Justin Coe. Uh, we've been speaking uh, particularly about Father's Day because uh, he's written a brilliant book called The Dictionary of Dads. Um, but we were also talking about the fact that you're currently on tour. Um, and uh, what, what is it like, that school experience of, of being there and working, working with people who are much smaller than yourself? Um, well, it's, it's it's a lot of fun, you know. Um, to be honest with you, I mean, I didn't start, I didn't set out to to write for children, um, but um, yeah, I just I, I I used to put on a cabaret. Um, in I lived in Brighton for a bit, and I used to put on a cabaret called "Don't Feed the Poets," and um, it was it was it was good fun. We had we would have um, a bit of spoken word, and then we'd have um, musical artists or magicians. Um, but you know, it, even if it was free, it was it was always you know hard work to get an audience to an event with something with the word poetry in it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and we usually managed it, but it was you know maybe like twenty or thirty people. Uh, each wow, time. that's in poetry terms. You've yeah. just you've just basically packed Madison Square Garden. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but if you go to a school, as I discovered, you get invited to go to a school. You're playing to like 500 or 600 people. <laughs> it really is. Uh, it is great. And also, they're perfectly tiered because they always put the yeah. listeners down the front. So you get to see every single face in the crowd. It's great. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And um, and then, you know, you do, you, do the, you do the performance. I mean, my first performance, uh, a teacher had come to see me at an open mic and she said, mm-hmm. oh, please come along to the school. I think it'll be great. And I, I, I only, well, I probably had about... 10 minutes of material that was suitable for children. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have uh, pushed it out a bit and did about 12 minutes. Um, but the response was gra- was great. And um, I just, I just, yeah, was, I just loved it. And obviously, obviously my work was not as, um, you know, as highbrow maybe <laughs> as I was imagining it might be. And, uh, and it suited, it suited that primary school audience. So, um, so I've always enjoyed working in schools and I, and I you know I particularly enjoy um as well as doing the performance and kind of the whole kind of circus coming to town thing mm. um I enjoy then you know going into the classes and and running workshops and getting the children to write their own uh poetry and you know that's it's just a really rewarding thing yeah you get that spark behind kids eyes don't you when somebody comes in from the outside and say, and, and kind of legitimizes you know those those ridiculous thoughts you've been having kids you can put them in rhyme and put them down on paper and yes. it's a justifiable career <laughs> there's, yeah. there's there's something about that that suddenly do, do you find that kids are coming up to you and saying i've written this what do you think of this yes absolutely and, and often um you know, often teachers are quite surprised with who it is that gets enthused um, by the poet coming in to visit as well. And, um, you know, and I, I think that's where we kind of earn our money, really, um, because obviously teachers do a fantastic job. Um, but but for, for some reason, there might be some there might be a, a, a child there who who sees something in what you're doing or what you're bringing as a, as a poet or as an entertainer or something, there's something that really uh, fires their imagination and um, inspires someone who perhaps struggles a bit with, with literacy to actually uh, put their pen onto the paper and to write something or to talk something and to express themselves. 
I, I, we've had sort of countless teachers on the program, and one of them in particular said to said to me once. He said, "The joy of poetry, working with poets, is that a a poem can only be a page long sometimes, and that's yeah. great for kids who struggle with reading." He said, "But you can boil it down. A poem, a poem can be justifiably two lines long, and that's really great for kids as well because it means that it's yeah. accessible to them. It's very immediate, yeah. um, and you can get a great response. Like you say, you know, you can create a poem sometimes in just within a lesson, can't you?" Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we, we're often, I mean, I'm not alone in this, and all poets often do this, and they, they come in and create group poems where, where, where everyone's contributed, and we can do that in five or ten minutes, and then, yeah, and then, um, but but it's great, the, the idea of also, that is really important as well, that, that poems can be very long <laughs> and take a long time, or, you, or, or very short. And actually, the first poem that I got, published um was in a book called the secret life of pants and i don't, don't know what they were trying to say and, another highbrow one yeah yeah another one yeah and it was um it was called the lost poem and it had and it had no words in at all that was it it was the lost poem and it had no words in at all and i wrote i'd written loads of poems i sent off loads of poems i'd worked really really hard on <laughs> but they didn't like any of those no, but yeah. they were, they like the one where you weren't speaking. So that's it. Yeah, that's just right. take that and, and grow with that. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, so, we won't we won't restrict you to no words because it makes bad radio. If that's okay. Yeah, yeah, um, that's. But, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Might be my so best. I'm going to share yeah, yeah. another one of the the pieces from Dictionary of Dads for us. This is this next one is far away. Yeah, so far away, Dad. So this is this is um, this is about a dad that's not with its with with his children and. Um, the, the, the interesting thing about this for me is that that's not my experience because uh, I'm I'm still with the, happily with the the mother of my children, um, but I wrote this when I was away from home working. Um, so it's, I think that's kind of interesting, isn't it? When you're trying to write from different perspectives, but actually a lot of this comes from from me in that moment. <laughs> um, anyway, it's called Far Away Dad. Tonight, Dad's staying in another house. You're at home with Mum, but he's someplace else. He thinks of you with every breath. It isn't you who he has left. It's too empty for sleep in this faraway room. He draws back the curtains, looks up at the moon. This old moon, he thinks is the same old moon that shines down on you and lights your room. Dad stares at the moon all through the night. He wishes the moon would shed some light on how you are. Are you all right? If only the moon could hug you tight. He asks the moon to keep you safe to pull you through and mend your faith until the dawn defeats the dark. The moon is all he has to ask. Tomorrow's sun will soon kick start a new beat for a broken heart. He mouths your name on every breath. It isn't you who he has left. And that is the situation for so many dads, for so many children. Um, and I, I, as somebody who is that very much applies to, um, mm. I, 
it must be quite interesting. You mentioned about perspective taking. Mm. Um, we've just had Empathy Day a couple of weeks ago. We mm. focused on it with author Kath Howe a couple of weeks back. Mm. Um, that that perspective taking, that empathy with people such as myself, who are not in the same situation as as you as a parent, mm. um, is is that something that you 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 struggled with or is it something that you just thought actually is this is something that as a poet i'm able to do i think yeah so i think that poetry is as much about maybe listening as it is about talking um yeah. perhaps you know um so yeah i think it, it is you know it's difficult isn't it because we i think i think often the most authentic poems are obviously coming from your personal story aren't they they are um, but at the same time i think empathy is really really important and it's something that poetry can really help us with as well you know um and you know w- without empathy where where are we really so um yeah um yeah certainly certainly just even in the process of writing writing that poem mm. you know i found myself in a in a slightly well in a very different position in my head for a moment yeah. and that's given me access to of course i don't i don't have that actual experience but um it's given me ac- access to understand it's the joy of better. it's the joy of writing isn't it and the imagination mm. you can be anything you know they're, 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 yes. they're, hillary mantel was never a tudor but she you know no. she seems to have made a, a living out of, sort of writing about <laughs> she's done very well <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um it's uh it's, it's been brilliant uh to talk about your, your poetry work and, I, and, I'm, and i'm really looking forward to finding out a little bit more about performance in the last bit of this interview uh today but uh we're, we're going to talk about um uh, billy bragg next um oh, yeah, now, yeah. i'm going to hold my hand up i don't play very much billy bragg on the show because i'm not a great fan of billy bragg but you no. guys a song i don't know and i think you're going to convert me yeah i think i am <laughs> i've been trying to convert people to billy bragg for a long time but um i think he's just he is a he's a marmite singer songwriter isn't he you either love him or you hate him in fact i've got a a, a billy bragg t-shirt with a that's kind of based on the marmite uh slogan <laughs> or, or, or logo so um yeah um well i just think you know for me uh growing up as a you know as a teenager and listening to billy bragg that it's the it's it's all there the empathy and the the poetry that's that's a lot of it where i learned it from that um from listening to this song so um but this one is about um his personal experience so his his dad um died when he was 18 uh when when billy was 18 um and um i think it took him a little while to to kind of um process um that emotion and and put it into a song um but this is the song um tank park salute and we're gonna play it now the frequency 104.7 the area rossendale valley the station rossendale radio Welcome back to Valley Breakfast. It's me, Paul Jenkins. Here's the final part of our interview this morning as part of our waffle segment uh, with the author of the Dictionary of Dads, Justin Coe. 
Welcome back to Waffle. It's Paul Jenkins here, and it's uh, sadly the final part of our interview this morning with Justin Coe. Uh, now, we've talked about the Dictionary of Dads, and you've, uh, you've shared some of your brilliant uh, pieces with us, and we'll, we'll tell people how they can get hold of the book uh, just towards the end of this. Um, but you're currently touring uh, with, uh, with the Spoken Word Show, and you're back out there. You're back in the schools and touring. Do you want to tell us about the house that Jackson built? Yeah, well, the, the house that Jackson built, it's like a, um, it's a spoken word um, theatre show. Um, that basically means that um, I do a lot of poems. <laughs> and it also tells a story. Um, and um, I've been working with Half Moon for, on about, um, well, I've worked with them on five shows, actually. Um, three of them solo shows. Um, so this is my third solo show. Um, and um, what Half Moon help me do is they they find a composer so there's music and also a designer so i have a usually have like a little prop so my first solo show big wow small wonder um i was a very small child (laughs) i was (laughs) in real life in my in my school i was the smallest kid in school and um (laughs) bother boots bradley was very upset because his pet rat had died and he was looking for a new pet and he thought that he would uh, he would treat me as a pet and put me in a cage, or try and put me in a cage. So that was uh, so I had a cage for my first oh my uh, solo show with Half Moon, and then um, and then I did a pirate show called Young Herbert's Horrors, and oh, I had right. this amazing fold out paper boat, um, which uh, a fabulous designer called Adam Nee um, had designed. And for this show. Um, Adam's also designed uh, the show and he has designed me a pop-up book. Which you've told me is huge and yet you're travelling around with it. <laughs> it's kind of, it kind of goes up to my waist. Um, right. uh, and um, and also, because I'm daddy disaster, I can't drive. So well, yeah, let's combine the things. <laughs> yeah. So, so is, um, it, is this is like your? I've got visions of you like hitching uh, down the A one two seven to to get to uh, <laughs> to various places. It's been a bit like that sometimes, but um, yeah, I just I don't do public transport. I just get on the train with it, and I'm I'm not very popular. But um, the the young the young Herbert's hor- horrors. I had this lovely old suitcase, hmm. and that was that was really lovely. Um, actually uh, getting on trains with that because uh, lots lots of older people would just come along and just pat the case and just oh yeah <laughs> i remember these cases you know um, so i was just, evacuated with this case you yeah, know. <laughs> yeah yeah so that was really nice but this pop-up book you can't see the pop-up book when i travel with it it's all covered in black cloth to protect it so no one knows what it is so it's um it just irritates everyone really but um <laughs> but when i get it out the kids are amazed they're, they're totally nice it is amazing th- th- those moments where you have those big reveals on stage you, mm. there's there's something about children where you see their reactions to things um i've I, one of my favorite things and i'm really looking forward to getting back to performing is that i've got a poem where you reveal that there's a unicorn in there somewhere and you can and i've learned now to look for the audience because you get that vision on their face of that that deep intake of breath of <gasps> something surprising it's yeah. that kids reactions are, are such a big boost aren't they when you're performing on stage yeah they are yeah yeah they are and um you know obviously with the spoken word stuff as well because there's lots of words the visual element's quite important, I think, for especially you get lots of, often if it's a public performance, you get lots of younger ones there as well. Um, but I also like to do um, 
to kind of break the fourth wall down a little bit and have a little bit at times of 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 call and response and uh, and joining in as well and and then we go back to the telling the story and um yeah they yeah, they've they've been enjoying it so far in Suffolk for sure. Um, well, yeah. And I think they're getting a treat as well, especially considering as well that we've had this kind of period where everyone's been on their own. And this, at least within school, kids are getting that kind of communal feel of what theatre will be again when eventually we all reopen, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I mean, I've been enjoying it as well because you know I made the show or I wrote the show January time. We rehearsed it February. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a few shows in March just before lockdown, and then and then nothing. And um, you just think, uh, well, I thought that I wouldn't be able to perform at all. But um, luckily, you know, lots of things got cancelled. But luckily, there's a, a few things that got postponed, and and I'm doing them now. So um, yeah, it's it's a real relief actually. To... And long may it continue. Uh, and uh, and yeah. fingers crossed. Um, with uh, if yeah. we've got any uh, schools up here in the northwest who are listening, um, then uh, get on the phone. I'm assuming I'm assuming this is a touring show. It is a touring show. I'm not sure for how long the pop-up book is going to survive <laughs> the public transport system. Um, but I'm sure there'll be another one after that if, if well, I stop, stop we'll touring. Set, we'll promote yeah. you as far as we can, uh, Justin. Yeah, thank you. Um, now, just before we, just before we leave you, um, and uh, we, want, we want to make sure that everyone knows where they can get hold of uh, your books. Uh, so you can, you can search for them online, can't you? Yeah, get, get them probably anywhere online or if, you've, if you're lucky enough to have a... Uh, uh, independent children's bookshop which i actually do at the top of my road in in west cliff on sea <laughs> a, a lovely little, a little bit a little bit jealous of you there it's it's otter yeah. barry books uh that, otter uh, barry books is the publisher and obviously you get them online and um uh, once the first, the original one was the dictionary of dads mm-hmm. um and the other uh, book is called the magic of mums just to be fair of course of course equality is a very important thing and that leads me to the question that if, if it's the magic of mums it's not mother's day i'm gonna have to have you back on the show in, in next, <laughs> next year Are you that? yeah definitely yeah definitely. that's it march next year sort of book yeah. that's done brilliant <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, just thank you very much for coming on the show, Justin. Um, we're going to finish with your final music choice. Um, now, it's uh, We Are Family, but it's not the one that I had queued up. You've, you've sent me off in another musical direction with Tom Gray. Tom Gray, who's, um, who used to be in a band called Gomez. Ah, indeed. Liquid Sign, um, I believe, was the... Uh, didn't he win the Mercury Prize, first of all? I think, I think they maybe did, but I, I don't actually know very much about Gomez. <laughs> and I, but I do know about Tom Gray, because he, he, um, he's been writing some children's songs um, with um, long-nosed puppets. Okay. Um, and long-nosed... <laughs> I, I don't know. With, well, yeah, he does write them. He writes them for the long-nosed puppets. Um <laughs> And they sing them, um, and yeah, yeah. There's a, they're a little theatre company, and they're, um, they're, they're fantastic um, productions. Um, and they're usually, I think, based on the books by Polly Dunbar. Oh. Um, and so this song is from Arthur's Dreamboat, which is about um, a boy who dreams of boat he has a dreams about a boat and i think all the family eventually come and come and join him on the boat um and i just chose this song really because uh it's just, it's just got happy memories for for us as a family because we went to see the show we really enjoyed it we loved tom gray's music and um and uh we sing it i sing it very badly <laughs> in the well, car you are the disaster yeah. dad after all daddy yeah. disaster. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not driving by the way when i'm singing the, of course you're not. <laughs> 
or the singing. <laughs> yeah. Justin, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much for all your musical choices. Uh, we'll get everybody out buying dictionary of dads. Well, we'll you'll, you'll get a lot of sales from Rossendale. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much. You. And, uh, and this is Tom Gray. Yeah, thank you, Paul. 104.7 Rossendale Radio. And there you have it. Another Waffle the Bite Size podcast comes to a close. And my thanks this week go to Justin Coe for all of his uh, wonderful inspiration, talking about the Dictionary of Dads and, of course, uh, his other book about mums, which I've absolutely booked him for for Mother's Day for next year. Um, it was great to discuss fatherhood with him, to talk about his work and his poetry, and, of course, his touring work as well. Uh, and you can catch him uh, out there on the road as we speak. Uh, all it remains for me to say is to say thank you very much to everyone for listening to Waffle the Bite Size podcast and, of course, to our colleagues at Rossendale Radio for allowing us to broadcast each week. My thanks as well as ever go to Melanie Kemp for her work producing the show. We will see you very soon.